0: On Seattle Sports. And Brooke Ward. You, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. All right,
1: Brock will be back on Monday. He'll be done with his vacation. I've already admitted I will be taking Monday off. To uh, bond with the new puppy, she arrives on Sunday. I'll give you guys the name and pictures and everything. Once she gets here, I just I don't want to jinx anything because it's been quite the process of waiting for her to get here. But I am going to spend uh, the day Monday bonding with my new puppy, so uh, I won't be in. Question, Shannon Dreyer is here. Hi, Shannon. here. Yes. Hi Mike. Yes. Uh,
2: Do the kids get the day off school, or are you just being no, the puppy hog no, on that I'm day? Be So puppy you hog. you're trying to you know He's get in with the over. puppy, Hold win on. over the puppy. Hold that on. <laughs> I don't think that's Hold fair. On. That is oh, awfully selfish. Point, no, is, it is not. Yes, Hold yes. on.
1: I understand your thinking. I understand why you would say that.
2: But, you've already you've thought about but, this. You know. But, you know. Shannon he knows. He's already guilty. You have to guilty. think
1: about the schedule of a morning radio host. I get home at ten thirty. If I if my goal was to spend Monday with the dog without the kids, I could do that anyway. I get home at ten thirty. The kids don't come home until three thirty four o'clock. So I could get that anyway. This is about Sunday. It's about the amount of work that I have to do Sunday to get ready for Monday when everyone else would be hanging out with the dog and I would be stuck on my computer doing all this work.
2: No, no, You are making, you sure, puppy you know, <laughs> you are making sure this puppy imprints Sheesh. on you and nobody else. I mean, that's the first two days. He's got to have a skin to skin contact. Absolutely. You're going to be there with like a little of puppy Bjorn nice. yes. and fur to
1: hair. <laughs> fur to hair contact. Fur to hair contact, right here. Like, puppy's going to get a good sniff of the chest hair. I'm going to get. At her <laughs> fur um, Shannon, if you were a manager and you were getting close to winning the World Series, mm. but you had to get through one more inning, okay and you had a two run lead or one run lead and you got your closer out there for the bottom of the ninth and you looked over at the other dugout would you rather see Adrian Beltre, Joe Mauer and Todd Helton, or Manny Ramirez, Gary Sheffield, and Barry Bonds, or A Rod, or Sammy Sosa. Which would make you more comfortable or more uncomfortable?
2: Well, I think that's. A, first of all, I never want to see Gary Sheffield if I am on no the kidding. field. I right. am not on third base. No. You, I just, You're the manager. No. You're the manager. You're I don't safe. know if I'm safe in the. I just. I don't. I don't. Um.
1: You don't even need to answer this question. Well, it's because obvious it's, where you're going course, there right now. It is an obvious answer, and I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't believe, I generally don't get too worked up about Hall of Fame debates, but I just don't understand how we can keep putting very good players in while leaving the greats of their generation out. It just isn't right, and Adrian Beltre deserves to be in. His counting numbers are insane. He was never the best player in the game during his time. He wasn't even the best player here in the Mariners when he was here. I don't know if he was ever the best player on his team. Like, the other players that are not in are significantly better than Todd Helton and Joe Mauer, who were both really good players in their own right, but were never as good as any of those guys I just mentioned.
2: I think this is, we agree on so many things baseball, and this is where we're not going to agree. And if this is a steroid discussion, then I am all for the character clause in the Hall of Fame. And I don't care if there are all sorts of bad characters in the Hall of Fame already. It's If the vote is in my hand mm-hmm. at that time, I'm responsible for who's there when I'm there. So would you I'm vote not for Gary Sheffield? To, I know he's right on the fence there and what he did. And for me, if you a were in a court hearing, or multiple court hearings, mm-hmm. or b were suspended. It, it's not happening. I'm not voting for you. So you have it, to at it least cannot, be. Yeah, yeah. It cannot. I'm not even sure that. Uh, you know, if you were named, I'm not even sure about that. I want if there, if you were actually suspended and absolutely not. Well, this guy obviously didn't. No, he had there had to have been some sort of repercussion for what you did, and it had to, uh, at that point, not be legal in the game. I love Manny Ramirez is one of my all time favorite players. Mm -hmm. Can't do it. You can't do it. Can't do it. A Rod has been suspended twice Mm -hmm. not doing it.
1: Gary Sheffield was never suspended? Right. A Rod A Rod was. Bonds was never suspended.
2: Well, he had a whole case and a whole. I mean, he brought a lot of embarrassment to the He game. did. He was the I just. Face. I'm sorry. I you just, talk about generation and era. He was the face of it for all the wrong reasons. I know. And this is personal. It's for me. For me, if you look at the Hall of Fame, if you want the best players, uh, let the computer take care of it. Spit out the numbers. They're all there. You can find out exactly who was the best, best player. But for me, humans vote on this for a reason. And it isn't the hall of the best players. It's it's what have they done for baseball. Well, and I so think that there though. are players are. who wouldn't have the numbers that you still would want in there for things that they have done for the game. And I think there is something to, to longevity. Like, no. I think that there is something to... You know, Maurer playing for the same team. I I think there is. I think that's good for the game and everything that he did in in Minnesota and for the Twins. I think he would be. I think the numbers are there anyway. I mean, he's a catcher, so his
1: numbers don't have to be quite as good as everybody else's. But I don't know. I I guess if you're going to say, you know, if you're going to use the name of the Hall of Fame as part of it, I would argue that you've got to be famous. Like, if that's part of it, then you have to have some level of fame. Todd Helton has zero. I like Todd Helton. He's a really good player. Todd Todd Helton is not famous. Joe Maurer, pretty good player. Famous in the game and certainly, you know, huge baseball fans know him, love him, knew how great he was. But I asked Heather the other day about those seven players. Like, hey, do you know who this is? And, of course, she knew Adrian Beltre. He played here. And Mm -hmm. and Adrian, I think, had a level of fame. I asked her about Joe Maurer. She said, yeah, does he work in sports media? And I said, "No, he's now a Hall of Fame catcher." And she goes, "Yeah, I've never seen him."
2: Play. Well, he had many covers in Sports Illustrated, things like that. He had national. Fame? I think, yeah. Well, you're gonna have a very small Crossover Hall of Fame. If this is baseball we're talking. This if, is baseball. If you it's going can't to be a be very famous, small. Then Hall can you of at fame.
1: least be a dominant player of your generation?
2: Elton I do not disagree with, and that especially where he played too. That doesn't inflating his numbers does not make any play was decent on the road, but was he a Hall of Famer on the road? No. So I I don't I don't know about that and but I, I'm not a small hall person yeah I'm I'm not an absolutely giant let everybody in but I think just being the elite and just being some you know a recognizable player in the game would not be enough and you know I am I go against I very much come across the numbers side I very much I think along those lines and this is the one area where I don't it's the yeah. one thing that I haven't let go yeah, of. or I, 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 has been enough time. You know, the game, there's been a lot of change in it, but this is the one. The Hall of Fame is important to Some me. Some
1: of these texts are... It's just one of these polarizing issues. It's funny. Uh, Dreyer is so wrong here. Bond's had three times as much war as most Hall of Famers. Take off 100 for steroids, and he's still elite. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, this one says... I didn't says, say he was a
2: bad player, Yeah, I think you did. Sake. I think that's what you were saying.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, Salk, give it up. This is a stupid discussion. You're making me mad. Who are you going to defend now? Next, Aaron Hernandez. I don't know whether I'm necessarily putting murder and steroids That's in elite. the same characterization, the same category. <laughs> I don't know whether I'm quite going to go I there. Mean, multiple murders, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For Aaron Hernandez, one would be fine, but once you start with multiple <laughs> murders, then you've, you've crossed the he line. He was turning into a serial killer. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I think you got to be one of the best of your generation, and I think baseball needs to. They've got to figure out an answer to all of this because the game was complicit, the league was complicit, and Mark McGuire saved baseball. Sammy Sosa saved baseball. Those guys and what they did for the game, Barry Bonds, well, you They were also it. part
2: of the problem. I mean, that's, you know, you create the problem and you save the problem. That's two different things. I don't know that
1: they were part of the problem.
2: Yeah, they, well— the one thing that I would point to, and I think as we get further and further away from it, it is something that gets missed, and everybody assumes everybody did it. I don't know that everybody did it, but when you talk to players who played in that day, and this is you get further and you lose it, a lot of players were hurt by it that didn't do it, mm-hmm. that didn't get the contracts, mm-hmm. that didn't win World Series, True. that didn't, you know, had shorter careers. But because I don't think it.
1: they were hurt by the Mark Maguire's and the Barry Bonds. They were hurt by the so if John. So you're gonna cheat. You better by, cheat
2: really, really no, you know, well I think they were so hurt you're at Cheat to elite worlds. and then it's okay. I
1: think they were hurt by the, the, the guys who hit fifty that weren't very good players, that all of a sudden John Jaha and there's a bunch of other guys sort of in that range where you're like, all right, this guy wasn't good and now all of a sudden they're hitting fifty. Maguire and bonds and Manny and Sheffield, like all yeah, but the, if those guys aren't doing the that, then
2: the younger ones aren't doing it either. I mm. mean, they were a part of the problem. All right.
1: Well, that's all the time we have for this debate today. We'll have to get back to agreeing. We will do that a little bit later. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, we'll give you everything you need to know. And then G will come in here. He's usually very agreeable on Fridays, right? He never throws anything at us to make us disagree or argue very, or anything very like very that. It's a simple yeah. drama-free segment. I'm sure uh, that having Shannon here won't set him off in some weird way that we don't know about yet. So that's coming up he in He already 20. asked
0: me what we were going to talk about, oh, and I man. told him about your transfer portal discussion. Oh, you're would, in would trouble. Would like to continue that? New New no, gonna... he said he agrees with
1: Shannon. Nah, wait a minute. Wait <laughs> till he hears the point about when coaches <laughs> leave. Just wait a minute. That's all coming up in twenty. After everything you need to know,
3: next. Need to know.
2: Fifteen minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk.
3: Here's what you need to know. Up first.
1: Alright, only two openings left now in football with a whole bunch of big or familiar names still left to fill them. Two teams hiring head coaches yesterday. So the Panthers end up with former Seahawks assistant Dave Canales. Falcons go to Raheem Morris. So Canales was not on the Seahawks list, so that shouldn't be really too surprising here. I don't even know whether he was the best guy for that job, but he seems to be the best guy that Carolina could get to take a job there. As for Morris, remember he was with the Falcons under Dan Quinn and then actually led the Falcons for little while as the interim head coach didn't get the job afterwards but now he does ryan clark a big fan
3: raheem morris was my last defensive back coach he's just an awesome man but an amazing ex and o coach understands how to relate with players and he's been there before when dan quinn was fired he had an opportunity to coach there he was a guy that coached both offense and defense in atlanta we watched him move to los angeles and with the rams win a super bowl so i think this is a slam dunk for the atlanta falcons
1: Yeah, I got to say, he was on my list of guys that I was interested in. He wasn't number one necessarily, but the way people speak about Raheem Morris is with such reverence yeah i think i could have absolutely gotten behind something like that and the one that's challenging is that the, play, the the coach that maybe has generated the least amount of passion among seahawks fans is dan quinn and field yates yesterday on with wyman and bob says yeah that's still the favorite it
0: felt like just within hours of that announcement dropping it was already dan quinn to seattle had generated a lot of steam and it's logical in the sense that of course dan knows pretty much everybody that's been in the building for quite some time he's been a head coach himself so you kind of have an idea of what he can bring to the table he's a defensive-minded man which of course is important for a team that you know i think right now is in really good shape offensively and just needs to really really figure it out on defense so my, my general sense is that you know we're still heading towards the dan quinn conclusion that but but you know this one of the great coaches uh, who's been around for a long time, Mike Tomlin, you know, this is how he got the job at Pittsburgh was that it was kind of like a sort of like an exploratory interview when it felt like the team had already made up its mind and he won over the Steelers brass and was it 18 years later or 17 seasons later with 17 seasons of 500 or better, Mike Tomlin remains in control of Pittsburgh.
1: All right. So what are the Seahawks going to do? You got uh, three or four names left, right? Belichick, Vrabel. It doesn't seem like either of those are likely to happen. Then you got Ben Johnson. Sounds like he's likely to go to Washington. So that leaves Mike McDonald, Dan Quinn, Ajiro Avero, and I guess Patrick Graham and a few others. If I can't have Vrabel, I think my next two choices would be McDonald and Avero. Those would be the next two guys that I think I would, I would like to see. And McDonald, intriguing because of what he's done against the other guys in your division, and Avero because he just seems super impressive. He seems like one of those guys that can like change the entire mood and temperature inside a room when he walks in. So, I think that's kind of my where I'm at right now. We'll see where G is when he steps in here in about 10 minutes. Here's the second thing you need to know. All right, congratulations to Devin Witherspoon. Don't know if he'll win, but he is one of the finalists for the Defensive Rookie of the Year award. Why? Because he was really freaking good this past year. Now, Will Anderson and Jalen Carter also both on that list? So a lot of the guys we discussed in uh, the number five spot last year all ended up having really, really good seasons. But Witherspoon, he can be a good one here for years to come. Four,
0: and they do. Jones is going to throw. Throws near side. Ball picked up. Witherspoon comes near side. Down the sidelines. Jones chasing him. He cuts back inside. Picks up blockers. Still being chased. Witherspoon far side. Twenty. Fifteen. Ten. Five. He is in. Holy catfish. Witherspoon went a mile and a half with the interception for a touchdown.
1: Pretty darn impressive. Great call, of course, by Steve Rabel. We really are missing out on the idea of Steve Rabel interviewing Mike Rabel every week. I can't believe that that hasn't generated more excitement, but I guess that's where we are. Here's the third thing you need to know. Cracking back to it tonight, uh, Friday night hockey. St. Louis will be in town. Remember, uh, I remember. Remember we asked Dave Hackstall about this. It was against the Blues last year that they got down three or four early and he called timeout. And I think they came back to tie that game, but it just felt like after that moment they started playing better hockey. I think that's uh that that has been a one of those sort of watershed moments for this team. And when they do play good hockey. They still don't have the top-end talent that other teams do. Jordan Everly on yesterday with Bump and Stacy said, "Yeah, but their depth can really play a role."
0: I like to think that when we're playing at our best and we're, we're playing well, we have four lines that are capable of playing against any of the other teams' lines, and then obviously four lines that contribute offensively. So, I mean, that's a that's a dangerous dangerous combination, and I a big reason why we had success last year. and, and You know, if we're going to have success this year, it's going to be a big reason
1: as well. They do, but they need to be healthy in order for that to happen. Sounds like Matty Beniers will be able to return tonight. At least that's the hope. And if that's the case, now you're getting back to being full strength. Yanni Gord's going to return from his suspension, get Matty Beniers back in there, and all of a sudden you take two more players out of the lineup and you got depth. You can go back to that fourth line that can really score and hang with anybody. That is everything you need to know, and we do that quarter past every hour here on... On The Brock and Sulk show. You know, uh, <laughs> Jerry DePoto, Shannon, um, said something a couple of weeks ago that I think uh, got maybe taken out of context a little bit. And I'm not here to help out Jerry because, you know, I don't think the the 54% thing was a huge mistake. Saying that they were doing the fans a favor was a gigantic mistake. And while I may understand what he was trying to get at, he said what he said, and unfortunately, after he made that bet, he had to lie in it the rest of this offseason. This one, though, I'm not sure that I saw that way. And and he was asked in his last press conference after the trades, the Hanniger trade, et cetera, what else the team needed to do. And I think this answer was fair and kind of got taken the wrong way. Obviously, for us, there's positional specificity is going to be important. You know, we, we like our team. I feel like today is the first time all season that we can say if, we were playing a game tomorrow, an opening day game tomorrow. We feel good about the team that we have. It's it's a complete team. There's experience. There's upside. There's youth. I I, I feel like there's depth. You know, better depth than we've had in recent memory. Really, I, it's a uh, from position to position. The the versatility of the players. You know, we do have a 13 player positions. You know, group that can roll out there. And and, and I think we're in a better situation today than we were on the first day of the offseason.
2: Yeah, there was a ton of relief in what he said. And I think if you read it, it was one way. And if you heard it, perhaps it was another way. Um, It's true. I mean, they were to a point where they could field a team. For most of the offseason, they could not. Imagine how that feels if you're in his seat and if you're in Justin Hollander's seat. Mm -hmm. So there was that. Uh, The fortunate thing in that situation is that if you are me or one of the reporters who covers the team, you can text him and ask him or call him. There's no question that didn't mean that they were done and they would not like to continue to add.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, that's one of the things from this offseason that maybe contributed to some of the heightened frustration and emotion around the team right now. Oh, my God, they said they're done. They said they're a great, complete team. Well, no, I think, what, as you just said, what Jerry's saying is we can now field the team. We actually have a third baseman. We actually have a second baseman. We actually have enough outfielders, whereas before we were going to be running minor leaguers out there, and that wasn't going to get the job done. So uh, just a little uh, a bit of Mariner talk there. We've got a whole bunch more to come with Shannon. And she's going to be in for another hour and a half. G. Scott is going to stop by. We can count how many times he refers to you as the Queen Bee, right? Isn't that his little nickname for you? Doesn't he call you the little Queen nickname? Bee? Is yeah. that it? Yes. Isn't that his little nickname? Yes. Do you like that? <laughs>
2: Sure, You like not? the queen bee? I like to be queen. Okay. I will be queen.
1: All right. Queen bee doesn't sound quite as friendly, though, as it's just better than queen. puppy hog. Mm, that's, fair. <laughs> that's fair. That's a good point. She's in next. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, sealsports.com.
0: This, this is Brock and Salk. Back in mornings from
1: 6 to 10.
0: On
2: Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports Hour. You got to give the people.
1: People must be very interested in what G. Scott has to say today. We got to give them exactly what they want. What a crew we have in here. I got G on my right, I got Shannon Dreyer on my left. Who's Shannon Dreyer?
3: who huh? Who's, who's, Shannon, mean, who's Shannon Dreyer? Oh, the Queen Bee! Yeah. That's who it is! The Queen Bee! You don't go on government names how around did here. You, how, first of all, how I, did she
1: get the name I Queen Bee? I don't remember. Oh.
2: You have to ask. I don't.
3: I, 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 I don't remember. But, I mean, come on now. She's the queen of baseball, queen of Mariner baseball around uh, this town. Is that you what the understand? B stands for?
1: B stands for baseball in this in this. Sure. Uh, Sounds yeah. like
3: it. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, Queen it Bee, Beyonce. She floats queen like a butterfly, Bee.
1: stings yeah. like a B? I don't know. I wasn't sure what where, where all of that comes from.
3: What's I, good around here? What's good with you? You know, chilling. It's Friday. I'm glad. Uh, it ain't payday today, so your boy is broke. Can I borrow $100? Can I borrow? You got it? <laughs> it's not payday for me either. Oh, well, I mean, but she get, you make all the big bucks <laughs> well, around I here. I got those
1: two kids who eat it all. <laughs>
3: they just good, take it right away. Good point. Yeah. Um, you know, right now... <laughs> My kid doesn't get NIL money. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. Uh, right now, here's what's going on. Right now, everybody keeps asking us, uh, when are we gonna ask them to prom? Everyone else has a prom date. Yesterday two folks got their prom date. Uh the Carolina Panthers, they're dating Dave Canales mm-hmm. now. And of course you have the Atlanta Falcons, they're dating Raheem Morris. And now, right now Just real
1: quick on the Dave Canales one. Yeah. Does that feel if you're gonna go with your prom date analogy, mm-hmm. does that feel like somebody who decided, hey, you know what? There's a whole group of popular girls over there that I'm not going to be able to get to go with me to prom. Mm -hmm. I've kind of asked a few, and they scoffed at me. So I'm going to go with this person over here Mm -hmm. because she's going to say yes.
3: Yeah, it sounds that way, but here I can only speak for— doesn't mean they're not going to have a great time. Right. I can only speak as a Seahawk fan. Mm -hmm. And as a Seahawk fan, and maybe some of you all feel this, um, Dave Canales is the next-door neighbor that we didn't look at that way. And then now we see them getting ready to go out with a guy in another neighborhood that we know won't treat them right. And now we're in a situation where we're like, hey, Dave looks kind of good now. It's like, hey, if I would have known that Dave was somebody that was right there in my mm-hmm. neighborhood for 13 seasons, I would have gone ahead, Queen B, and said, hey, Dave, stay with us.
2: <laughs> so do you feel better sticking in the neighborhood right now or is it time to maybe, you know, go over to the other school? No, I'm good. Okay. I'm
3: good. I'm, I'm, I like where we are as Seahawks fans. I like where we are because who I have been looking, who we have been looking at, nobody else can get. We're looking at the person at the other school that just transferred in. There's three legitimate candidates right now that everyone's talking about. Okay, You guys talked about Dan Quinn. No mm-hmm. doubt about it. That's the one you've been with before, and if you really want to, you can get back with that person. Number two is Mike McDonald, who is the defensive coordinator for the Ravens. Yeah. And re- right now that person is the hottest thing out there. No- They're they're on vacation for the next couple weeks, so you can't ask them to prom (laughs) until they get back. Better they have mono. You can't can't speak to them
2: until they get back
1: to school. And then the next
3: one, and 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 then the next one that everybody is, um, I would say of the three, Mm -hmm. and if I had to say who would be, how would I rank them? Mm -hmm. I would go Mike McDonald, Dan Quinn, Ben Johnson. Offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. I know everybody's all up in arms and all Detroit Lions. This guy, he needs the next guy. I'm not really sold. Well, it
1: also sounds like he's going to go to prom uh, with the Washington football team. So it, it doesn't. It may not matter whether you're interested right. in him right. because he seems to have eyes for somebody else. No
3: doubt. Now, oftentimes in life, mm-hmm. when you don't usually marry the person that, or that you. You least expect sometimes, right? You went out on this person, you're like you know what? I like this person more than I thought I did. That's and literally I literally the story of my life. I have the candidate for you, and maybe oh, story of your life. Story maybe maybe life? you're listening right now. Maybe the spouse, the husband and wife that you're with, you, you didn't expect, but you guys are together. Here's that person for the Seahawks: Iszero Evro, defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. I'm telling y'all, He's look dude. him up. Forty three years old. Queen B, he's from Colchester, England. Look at his interviews. Listen to, how, listen to him speak. Listen to him talk. Listen to what he talks about. He was defensive coordinator just past season for the Carolina Panthers. The year previous, he was defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos. When Nathaniel Hackett got fired on his day off Friday reference, when he got fired, they offered him the interim head coaching job, and he was like, Nope. No, I'm, I'm going to stay doing my job as a defensive coordinator. Then of course when Sean Payton came, he was a free mark free agent. He went over there to to Dem- uh to Carolina Panthers. This dude is very impressive. If he doesn't get hired now, this Ejiro Evro is the future yeah. and he is my dark horse. For the Seahawks, I,
1: I think that makes sense. Funny, I was kind of going through this earlier and saying that if you're if you're asking me which names that are left, I'm going to put Ben Johnson on the on the uh, Commanders for now, just for now, just for the sake of this conversation, because it seems like that is a, uh, a, a an arranged marriage that is going to occur, and my choices become Mike McDonald, Dan Quinn, Azir Averro, Patrick Graham, Bobby Slowick, and Mike Kafka. D- I think n- th- number one on that list for me. Well, it's still Mike Vrabel, but since Vrabel doesn't seem to be in any way, there didn't seem to be any real momentum there. I guess the next two for me would be McDonald and Averro at that point. I, I just, the Dan Quinn thing just doesn't seem to get me or a lot of other people excited. We had Tom Pelicero on, though, uh, earlier this week. He's been all on top of all this coaching stuff, and uh, he was with you he had a lot of really positive things to say about averro nobody knew i think publicly at least
0: prior to last year when he got the broncos defensive coordinator job who the guy was but there's a reason he's had i believe eight head coaching interviews over the last two years here and has been a finalist has gotten a second interview for several of them because he's a really good football coach who amidst the hardest circumstances possible i mean think about this mike Adrian averro might be the first coordinator at least the only one i can remember Who's been on two consecutive teams that fired their head coach before the end of year one, yet still in both cases
1: had a top five defense? That doesn't happen. He's a pretty unique candidate,
3: and both sides of the ball too.
1: Right, and to be to be kind of still in the list and still generating as much buzz as he has, I think probably speaks to how impressive he is. And I'm, you're right. When you listen to him, he got a commanding
3: presence. I went, okay, I'll, I'll, let me be honest with you guys. I got on YouTube. Uh oh. And I got on YouTube and I searched him out. And well, it was an interview. Let me go ahead and start out. I started an interview. I don't even know this man, he had me stuck <laughs> watching the interview had me – and it, where, where it stuck at is they started talking to him. They asked him, they said, hey, we hear that you have this – like, you're a really early riser. Like, the people are t- talking to, uh, about you. And he says, oh, yeah. They said, well, what time do you set your alarm for? Said, well uh, – he's, he's kind of playing it off. He's not trying to make it a big deal. But they kind of pressed him on it. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm up every morning, 3, 345. like He says, but I can't burn it at both ends, that I'm also burning out around uh, 545, 6 o'clock. Oh, okay. So he was very – but I just – I loved, here's what I loved about that. He didn't try to make that some like, hey, I'm up at 345 every day. Have we heard that from anybody
1: around here at any point?
2: Not
3: Mara. <laughs> no, I'm Russ. I was gonna. <laughs> Mara, Mar, 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 my man. Mara, my man. Wow. Mara, Mara, man, my man. Wow. My <laughs> t- <laughs> <laughs> jeez. Mara, you know I love you, girl. <laughs> jeez. And I love my bad. I wake wow. up like
0: 15 minutes after 3:45 every day. I
1: know, but not the other day. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, not on yeah. Tuesday yep. or Wednesday. I worked
0: on the morning show like three years now. Before. You and I worked on the morning show yeah. together. I'm like yeah. one time, yeah. and now that's my reputation.
1: Yeah, that's that's going to be your whole reputation now. <laughs> that's all we're going to show. <laughs> More who's always late. So there so, she
3: is. Thank God she was on yeah. time this time. <laughs> so I look. What one thing that we I think we've all learned about the Seattle Seahawks is this: there's no leaks, there's no hints, there's no nothing. Nobody knows what the Seahawks are doing. Nobody. Mm. And the next thing I want to just say that. Back to your Dan Quinn thing. Personally love Dan Quinn. Did a great job when he was here uh with the Seattle Seahawks. He also had one of the greatest defense ever assembled. No disrespect to Dan Quinn, but that defense was gonna be good no matter who it was because Gus Bradley was here there before, who left out of here and then Dan Quinn took over at that time. I personally, in my heart of hearts, don't think the Seattle Seahawks are gonna go Dan Quinn, and here's why. If they were gonna hire him, they would have already done it. That's what I said. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Dude, I don't like when we agree so much. It's
1: not a good sign no, when not. we agree as much as we have no, so far. Not. All right, let me see if I can get you guys to fight a little bit. So, Shannon uh. Uh, was on earlier, and she's not a fan of the transfer portal. Shannon, why do you, what objection do you have to the college football transfer portal?
2: Well, obviously, there's been a lot of change in college football in the last five, 10 years. And I, I think, obviously, it's out of hand right now as a sport. And, G, I described it as the most unregulated pro sport in the United States right now.
3: I'll start off by saying first. I agree. Go ahead. Ken?
2: Okay. Uh, I, I think something has to be done to preserve it for the fans, for the institutions who are making all the money. But I think, you know, it's, it's as somebody who is an absolute purist and I, I, it's, I hate change and, <laughs> and whatnot, I've come over to the NIL. Okay. I've come over to that. And I, I absolutely think players should be compensated. For What they do mm-hmm. I think the bigger problem and, and the NIL There's no way that's going anywhere That's out mm-hmm. of the barn That's been legislated And everything else That is they are going to get compensated But the transfer portal I think is where you can rein in mm-hmm. Some of and get back Some of what you've lost And what the sport is right now And I think that If you I think Have a limited number of times You can transfer Go back to the old system where you have to sit out for a year. Mm -hmm. If you're getting paid, does it even matter? I mean, you're working out. You're still going. To me, that's not as important. And then I think where you're going to disagree, from what I understand, if you lose your coach, Mm -hmm. the 30 days to go somewhere else. For Mm -hmm. me, I would allow that for incoming recruits. I would not allow that for anybody who had played on the team the year Mm -hmm. before. It, to me, is not fair that you've already taken the hit, Mm -hmm. that you've lost your coach and now we're really going to destroy you, you're going to lose everybody else.
3: I think that's an easy thing to disagree on. So first, I want to just start off by saying this. First, uh, you and I are on the same page. This this is very unregulated. It is dangerous. It is not good for kids. Now, I am going to talk about this. I want to make sure we're clear on something. I don't speak about college football with this whole protection of the fans and protections of the institution. Right. <laughs> I, and I'm pure
2: fan. That no, no, College no, football was, no. we are two totally different <laughs> right. places. Which, no no doubt well,
1: about it. That's what makes right. it an interesting debate because mm-hmm. Shannon is looking at it from a fan perspective and it does make sense. Hey, my team not only lost their coach, now they're going to lose half their players. This stinks. As a fan, you're getting screwed in that spot. But, gee, you're going to look at it from a player perspective knowing that you've got a son in the middle of it all and it's a very different, very different spot, very different uh, view, a very okay. different
3: lens. All right. Let's remove me being a dad, and I want to be a fan, too, because I've been a fan way longer than I've been a dad, number one, and way longer than I've been a dad of a son that's in college football. So let's just make it fair. People are upset, legit, like right here specifically, here in, in Washington, because the head coach just left somewhere. And then also, by the way, uh, players are going to be leaving somewhere. So are we upset about that, everybody? We're we on the same page? Yes, we are. Okay. Kalen DeBoer left the school to come here. Were you guys upset? Michael Penix left Indiana to come here. Were you guys upset? You can't pick and choose when this is a problem only when it affects your team. Jed Fish left Arizona. Are you upset?
2: Yes. The whole thing that followed, yes. I'm talking about for college football, not just because of the Huskies. I don't like the look overall. So,
3: so you're saying, as far as transfer portal, you don't want it not just for the kids, but you also want the same rules for the adults. So for an example, when Kalen DeBoer wanted to leave Fresno and come here, he should have had to sit out a year in order to be able to coach. That's You like that?
2: No, but it's different because a okay. coach is in it, Supposedly. For a longer period of time. He's going to be a sure. college, you know, you're sure. looking three, four, five, COVID year, six. Fair. As a player, they're more transient than the coach is supposed to be, than the program is supposed to be. Well,
1: that's "supposed" is a big word, unfortunately, right? Well, I mean, our, one, okay. How about traditionally
2: this, has been? Let's take it back. But that's
1: changed, unfortunately. So once the coaching has changed because and it's those changed,
2: guys, it doesn't mean that can't be improved. I'm not saying there should be no transfer portal. Absolutely. No, not. I know
1: that, but I, I I think she's making an interesting point there, which is if. It, 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 <laughs> If the coaches are going to bounce around as much as they are and continue to try to move up the ladder to take better and better jobs, why should they have that right when the kids don't? And, and I think there's a lot of, I mean, that's one of the other parts of the whole NIL thing. Why should the coaches be allowed to get paid and benefit from the system when the kids don't? And you're right. Traditionally coaches would stay in one place for a long time. I mean, okay, the four let's... coaches who just coached in the in the college football playoff, three of them are no longer on their teams. Like that world has changed.
2: Okay, well, if this is professional football right now, if your NFL coach leaves, can you leave too?
1: No. No, you cannot. No. no. But generally your coach can't just leave.
2: Then okay, maybe or, I mean, you, I mean, you that, do for that, that. that. I that don't can't know. Really happen in do. the
1: NFL. I mean, you can get fired. But you can't just leave to go to another job because you feel like it in the
3: NFL. I want You're under contract, and the contracts actually have legs. I want to go back to agreeing with you, though. I want no, no, no. no. <laughs> That's disagree. more fun. No, no no no, 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 no. Because no, this is something that I talk about with my son all the time. I think first, college football has always been bad, and right now, college football, there's a lot of people that are catching on to how bad it has been mm-hmm. and especially how bad it is now. The transfer portal, I actually agree with you. Now I'm going to talk about for the kids. I think that kids should have to stay somewhere for 2 years. And Shannon, I'm going to just behind the scenes, I'll t- kind of tell you some of the things that happens. So these young men they're high school All-Americans. They're great. Everybody, oh, we love you. And they get recruited, and they get ready to go to these places, and oh, we love you, we love you. And social media is the highest adrenaline off of that, and everybody loves you, right? And then they get to college, and then you, you, you get there, and first of all, sometimes you might not play right away. Doesn't mean that you're a bad football player. But the fans will get on social media and tell you how terrible you are so, the same people that this 18, 19 year old used to look for love is now getting destroyed. So, now their mental starts to go down. So, what they want to do is, is they see the fans say, ah, ha, 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 you're terrible, ha, ha, ha. And then they say, I don't want to stay here anymore. Mm. I want to go somewhere else so that I can play. I want to be able to get that feeling yeah. of love again the way I
1: used to have it it's almost like getting a needing another i mean it's a, it's sounds like you're describing a drug addiction
3: it literally is yeah. so i'm i'm just trying hey, to That expl- was
1: great i loved when i was high this come down period's not nearly it's, as it's, fun it's not good it's i really, don't like after i'm high i feel terrible now maybe i'll go out and see if i can find that high again somewhere else i'll just transfer somewhere else and get that same love
2: again
3: but That's we a good all way of looking at it but all but we all know this all of us it not it doesn't matter if it's sports or not on the other side of struggle is success. You have to stay there and just wait it out. Mm. So I think mandatory two years. So that university that you're going to, you know, mom, dad, family, you are at that place no matter what. So then no matter what they say to you on social media, you are dug in on what you need to do. And you're like, man, I would have pushed through. I'll give you another example. Can I
1: add to that before you do, though? Because I'm going to add to your point. I agree with you on this one. And I would say that, A, I would also probably limit the number of times you could transfer. I don't know if it's you can go to two schools or three schools. I don't know where that number is. But this idea of going back and forth to four or five different schools, I, I don't think that makes any sense. But to add to your point. Not only is there the drug uh, analogy that you just made, but there is also something to battling through some difficult circumstances. Oh. And and what kids gain from that doesn't mean that they should be forced to endure a bad situation, an abusive coach, somebody who's lied to them, a coaching situation or staff change that completely screws them. I mean, like they shouldn't be forced to endure horrors, but that doesn't mean that there's not value to be gained from, yeah, you're not starting right away. Oh, I'm out of here. Well, maybe there's some value to not starting right away, and it will actually, <coughs>
3: excuse me, improve your entire life long term. Right, <coughs> Queen B., um, My now I'm gonna get personal. Mm-hmm. My son, for sure, wanted to leave. Wanted to leave Ohio State. He wanted to go and go somewhere to play, because it was Richard Sherman that gave the idea to us about, hey, go from wide receiver to tight end because the NFL game is changing. So he thought, oh, all right, cool. Yeah, I'll go to tight end, and I'll be this mismatch out there, and I could be able to go catch, and I can do all those things. But here's the part that even myself didn't realize, and he didn't realize. Oh, by the way, tight ends not only go and catch the ball, but they also have to block DNs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the ends. They also have to block, right? So at Ohio State, if you don't know how to block, and you're not there yet, you're not getting on the field. So he makes it onto the field, and my point is, is here he is today. He's a better person because of that experience. Working on his master's degree, you know what I mean? Like, those kind of things. So these are the things that a lot of young men miss out on. Mm. Now, the scam of NIL, the last point that I'll make on all of this, NIL is a scam. And here's why it's a scam. Who pays for NIL. You, the fan, the same people that buy the tickets, the same people that buy the parking, everything, the fan. College football, they make millions and billions of dollars on TV. The institutions make millions of dollars, and they pay nothing. But you, the fan, they're asking you right now, when's the last time you looked on social media and the school that you're a fan of wants you to pay into a collective? What? You're asking the fan to pay for NIL? This is why a lot of people don't like me talking about this, because I expose what's truth. If I'm wrong, prove it. Why does TV pay no money to the players? Why does colleges pay no money to the players? But you're asking that blue-collar worker that goes to a factory job, you're asking them to pay their money into a collective because they love the team so much?
1: I don't really know what to say to that. I didn't realize that was happening. So so fans are paying into these collectors. I assume they were mm. just boosters.
2: boosters. Everybody's a booster. Every- Come on, Everybody Aqua. Everybody's to be a, a booster. booster. All right,
1: fair enough. But I guess what I meant is I expected that they were, you know, wealthy people <laughs> who were already on that list. See, that's the that's the catch. But you're telling me they're just asking random yes. fans to pay money? Have yes. you been asked to pay money to yes. UW? You have? What? They just come to you. How do they get
2: you? And not directly. And that is... that is. They say, hey, is, will you give
1: money to our collective so we can pay these kids? Yes.
2: What? That's exactly what they do. Oh, what a complete rip-off skip. That's what happens? And never mind that you're already get paying... Out of here. Se- it's separate from season tickets. It's separate from if you're doing a Thai oh. do- uh, donation. It is... Yes. And they do things like uh, I the didn't cards, know that was true. and
1: yeah. I've learned something here today. Yeah. Gee, we've been doing this segment for how long? You finally taught me something. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I mean, the the best thing previously was when you brought me some great cologne, so I would smell better. Yeah, that but was good. But now, <laughs> now you've actually taught me something.
3: Well, that's disgusting. Can I can I ask this question? You got one minute. You do sports for a living. I do. Why would you know? I don't Come spend a lot of time no, thinking about that type of thing. No, 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 thing no, no but but, but no, no. I'll tell you why you don't know. Because I didn't go to a college that would hit no, me up for money. No, no, no. Because it's the same way that people didn't really know and understand college football mm. 15, 20 years ago because they used the word amateurism. Right. And when they used the word amateurism, it's okay for those players to not get paid at 18, 19, mm. and 20 and coaches make $100 million a year. Did you guys all know that? Text message,
1: 866-979-3776. Did you know that regular Joe Schmo fans were being hit up for money for the collectives to pay these kids? I did not know that. I swear to you, I had no idea that was the case. Shoot shoot us a text, 866-979-3776. Be curious if you guys knew as well. G, awesome stuff. My brother. Uh, G's going to be on a course for uh, the rest of the morning over
3: on our sister station, 973. Before I go. Cairo News Radio, 9 to noon, G and Ursula. Before I go, I want to let everybody know, make sure y'all follow. Shannon Dreher, the queen bee. Nobody does it better with baseball. She keeps it 1,000. Mm, there we go.
1: She always does. There you go. There goes G. Shannon and I will be right back. We got a little baseball to talk. We've got some open phones to deal with. And Shannon has spent hours preparing today's version of Rank. So stick around. It's Brock and Salks. The Sports on 710.